Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome you into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Once again, that's 419-794-3030, the website ARHQ.com. My name is Chris Swan. Today on the show, why it might or might not be time to revisit bonds in your retirement portfolio should you ask your financial advisor how they're getting paid and unexpected retirement expenses you should prepare for. All this and more, but first, let me check in with the man himself, the founder of America's Retirement Headquarters, Nolan Baker. Glad to be with you as always. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I just uh, wanted to give a big thanks to our community here in Northwest Ohio. Last weekend, uh, over at the Elks and Mommy, we had our annual chili cook-off, and we do that as a fundraising event for Hooves. And uh, my wife is the chairperson of our chili cook-off. Uh, we had an incredible night, had a great band, lots of chili. Uh, but the most important thing was we were able to raise uh, a little over $28,500 hmm. to help uh, support our veterans here uh, with post-traumatic stress. So incredible event, uh, super exciting. And I guess as the weather changed here in Northwest Ohio, uh, having chili was a, a good time to have it as it gets a little bit cooler and the seasons kind of change here. Definitely. You know, it's, it's a great cause that you guys do. And, and as a veteran-owned business, I know you're very passionate about taking care of those who serve our country. Uh, the weather is shifting into chilly season, and that's fantastic. The seasons will change in retirement, uh, you know, as, as we get further into retirement, as we get closer and closer to the end of the year. Maybe 2024 is the year you have planned to retire, and there's no time like the present to go ahead and start putting together a strategy. And so uh, America's Retirement Headquarters is ready to have that discussion with you. Let's go ahead and dive in with this topic here. We've had inflation, stagflation, even shrinkflation. Now we're experiencing what some are describing as funflation, which is the recent boom in consumer spending on entertainment and experiences with high demand causing uh, causing prices to skyrocket, like the Taylor Swift and Beyonce concert tours, for example. Retailers like Best Buy, they're even blaming funflation for its slipping TV sales. I have to wonder, at what point do you advise clients to carve out a category for these in their retirement plan? Well, you know, that was an interesting title and topic when I saw, you know, the show discussions for this week. And I thought, you know, if you look at what the price of a concert ticket, and I've been blessed to go to a couple concerts this year. Um, probably my highlight one was taking my son and wife to... Uh, Luke Bryan and doing the farm tour down south by Columbus. It was a great event, but yeah, ticket prices are a lot more expensive today than kind of what I remember them mm-hmm. being. Um, you, when you're developing a financial plan, I think one of the important things is, is everybody that's close to her retirement time should have some form of financial plan put together for you. If you don't reach out to our office as a radio show listener, you know, for five callers, we'll put together a financial plan. We'll give you access to our planning tools. We use a software program. It's called Right Capital. And so within Right Capital, what we can do is we can put in all the pertinent information, you know, who is the family? How many children are there? You know, what are the the goals for the kids for expenses? Um, you know, what are the savings rates that you're putting in your 401k, your IRA? What are your income uh, what are your uh, retirement income sources like Social Security, pension, 
And if you put all that information in there, what it'll do is it'll give you the probability of success of being able to meet your income goals in retirement. And so when we look at income goals in retirement, I would say the majority of the time, most of the software is looking at planning for what is called the knowns. It's planning for somebody's budget. You know, you know how much it is for your living expenses. Sure, there's inflation and grocery costs get more expensive, but you're creating a budget. So when you're creating your budget and what you know is your known expenses, one of the things that's important that I would say is that you want to have enough money set aside to cover those known expenses in retirement time with things that are reliable income sources. That could be like Social Security. It could be a pension. It could be generating annuity income or something that's predictable income. The money, there's going to be other extra expenses that come up along the way, whether in this case it's the high cost of concert tickets or, you know, for many retirees we work with, it's doing some of those uh, lifelong trips that they want to do. I hear about clients and help clients with developing a plan to take like a Viking River cruise or, you know, a client that I just recently talked with and got back from London, uh, a client that her and her husband are going on a cruise through the Panama Canal. These are those extra expenses that come up along the way. So as you develop your financial plan, what you definitely want to do is make sure that you add in into the goals some of those other things that are going to come up along the way and find out how it's going to impact your success in meeting your retirement goals. So you could have things like education that could be helping out your grandchildren. Um, you want to make sure that you build in there a car fund account, um, having money that's set aside each and every month that goes into the car fund account. Because if you're going to need twenty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to take out of your investment accounts in a year to replace the car, that could have a big impact on what your withdrawal rate is that year. Uh, vacations. I think vacations are fantastic. Uh, you can even have vacations as part of the overall goal. Uh, maybe it's wedding, and that could be helping out with your grandchildren's wedding in the future if that's important to you. Uh, maybe it's the desire of a secondary property or uh, having a couple of months where you get a VBRO and rent somewhere to go. Uh, those are the other type of goals that you want to incorporate into the plan. So as you develop a financial plan, you can put in there those extra expenses, and then you can stress test the plan on how it's going to impact you. The second thing that you do is over and above the reliable income, those income sources that I talked about on what you need for your normal living expenses, this is where your other investments are, your fund money, if you will. It could be the excess money that maybe you have in your stock market account, uh, could be other bank savings that you have or other investments. That's kind of that fund money account. And when you have the years that you're overachieving your goals, that's when it's okay to consider some of those extra expenses. You know, spend while the economy and while the markets are doing good, while your investments accounts are up. Be careful uh, not to try to spend your principal. I always tell people it's okay to spend the profits, just try not to spend your principal. So, again, what I want you to do is I want you to think about there are going to be extra expenses when it comes into retirement time. Whether you have a financial plan today or whether you don't, here at America's Retirement Headquarters, our team of professionals would be more than happy to get you started on developing a plan. Within that plan, what we can do is we can stress test your portfolio and show you what the probability of success of meeting your retirement goals 
And then we can start to add in some of these extra expenses and have a conversation about how do you build a, a fund or an account that's designed for some of those things like your vacation account, uh, like your overall plan. And then from there, you're going to have a much more confident you know, ability to continue to get to and move through retirement time. That's exactly what we can help for when you're looking at how to plan for extra expenses in retirement. Because we all know that it's not just about the bills that you need to focus on in retirement. There's going to be the fun things. And, and as we all know, and, and as the, the question posed at the beginning, these fun things, they do cost money. They cost more and more money. So developing that financial plan is pivotal. And it's something that, as Nolan said earlier, if you're one of the first five callers, the team at America's Retirement Headquarters uh, willing to put their their decades and decades of experience to work for you. Complimentary. Just be one of the first five callers. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. That's 419-794-3030. Cody Sanchez is a portfolio manager who appreciates creative income streams. One of the people she admires is billionaire actress and producer Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon basically took a book club and said to authors, I'll give you part of my platform for you to talk about your book because I'm lovely. It's free. You're going to sell a bunch of books. Tiny insignificant detail. I'd like the future rights to turn your book into a movie and I'll pay you some sum or I'll have a right of first refusal, aka I get the right to buy it before anybody else and I'll pay you then for it. The author goes, amazing. Reese, of course. Perfect. They come on. Reese basically tests out which books do best. And depending on which books do best, Reese buys their movie rights and makes movies that create, you know, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Now, one way for people to inject an income stream into retirement, you know, aside from buying book rights and turning them into films, of course, is through an annuity. But, but honestly, how creative, Nolan, can you get with these things? Um, actually, you can get really creative when you're looking at generating income for a retiree and how to structure annuities. Um, annuities, at the end of the day, are annuities good for income? The answer is yes. Um, they tend to be, you know, complex products that, you know, people oftentimes don't understand. But when you look at an annuity, the first thing that we have to start with is what is an annuity? And it's a financial product that's, you know, offered by an insurance company. It provides usually some series of regular payments made either monthly, quarterly, or it could be done on an annual basis. Annuities are commonly used for ways to convert a lump sum of money into a stream of income over a specific period of time, or it could be over the rest of somebody's lifetime. You know, they can serve as a tool for retirement, you know, planning and risk management. There are several different types of annuities that are out there. Um, each has their own kind of characteristic pros and cons. Uh, the most common that are out there are called a fixed annuity. Uh, a fixed annuity is a financial product that's offered by the insurance company that pays a fixed rate of return for a set period of time. So a, a side note here is that fixed rates today are the highest that I have seen them in over 20 years. So whether it's looking at you know upgrading an FDIC-insured CD, uh, whether it's looking at a money market account or a fixed annuity, for those of you that are listening, if you have some money that's not earning more than 5 or 6% interest, we need to be talking about some of these financial tools that are out here that offer a set fixed rate of return, which is what a fixed index annuity can do. And you can lock in rates from you know anywhere from 1 to 10 years or common terms. 
A variable annuity is one that, you know, typically varies within the stock market. This is one that I personally generally don't use very much because you have uh, some of the higher costs that's associated with the fees and expenses of the underlying funds, the mortality expenses. Plus, it has, still has that fluctuation of the lottery of the returns of the stock market. So usually with a variable annuity, you're buying some type of income rider. That income rider could pay an income that could start either today or at some point in the future and would, again, usually guarantee some series of payments uh, for that individual or a joint couple, depending on how it was structured, uh, their lifetime. An immediate annuity is a tool that you turn on right away. These are annuities where you give them a lump sum of money and Shortly thereafter, those payments are typically set up. Um, those can be used to kind of bridge some of the gaps. Uh, we've talked in the past about bridging the gap of generating income in the early years to delay taking Social Security. An immediate annuity could be an example of a vehicle that could do that. Um, the next type is a deferred annuity. So, you, you know, if you're 10 years within re retirement time and you want to take a, a chunk of money and you want to defer those payments for a series of 10 years, um, you can take that money and you can delay payments until a later date, such as retirement. And during that accumulation phase, what you can oftentimes do is continue to make contributions or invest that lump sum of money in a tax-deferred vehicle um, that pays out in the future at a future rate. Uh, you have a life annuity. That's an annuity or a life annuity payout that pays an uh, income for the rest of the annuitant's lifetime, no matter how long they live. Uh, the type of annuity is used to kind of mitigate the risk of longevity of outliving your income. Uh, also very popular today, we have what is called fixed index annuities. So a fixed index annuity is kind of a hybrid vehicle. What it does is it allows an investor to participate in a percentage of growth while protecting them against market loss in the event that the underlying investment goes down. And even in some of those vehicles, you could add income riders on if that was important to you. But annuities, they can be good financial tools, you know, for retirement time when you're looking at utilizing the income because, again, the word guaranteed means based upon the claims paying ability of the issue and insurance company, you can buy an income guarantee for a set period of time or for somebody's entire lifetime or even for a husband and wife or a joint lifetime. It's going to help address what is called that longevity risk. You know, some people are concerned about outliving their income and that allows you to you know, take some of that risk and put it off into an insurance company. Uh, there can be tax benefits in certain situations. Depends on, again, how the annuity is structured, but a non-qualified non-retirement annuity can provide tax deferred growth, uh, which can be beneficial, you know, long term for retirement planning. But it's also important to understand your individual tax situations, as well as make an assumption about where tax rates could be in the future. You know, this is an area that I feel very comfortable with, you know, in my past 29 years of experience and utilizing the these type of financial products to help people develop a plan to generate income in retirement time. So the bottom line is, is if you're considering income from annuities and you want to get educated about your choices, or if you have an annuity and that annuity is a couple of years old, 
you could be eligible to be able to upgrade that annuity to what's much higher interest today, maybe even possibly get higher income on the account based upon what the structure is. We'd be happy to do an annuity analysis for you and then break it down to you in simple terms to allow you to make a good educated decision about what is right uh, and what are the pros and cons about the annuity you have, and we'd be happy to help you out. All it takes is giving a call, 419-794-3030, with the different varieties of annuities out there. And you think of all the other insurance companies that are out there that offer different sorts. There's literally hundreds upon hundreds of different annuities to choose from. Is an annuity right fit for everybody out there? No. Is it something that you should go blindly and, and choose on your own? Also, no. Having that conversation, seeing if an annuity could be right for you, and then which ones would work best for you, starts with that conversation with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Again, having that annuity analysis analysis done, whether it is, uh, you know, purchasing a new one or upgrading one, 419-794-3030, or go into the website, arhq.com. Let's turn our eyes to Texas. That's where a couple recently got hit with a $231 speeding ticket just 26 days away from their wedding. Their solution was to include the cost in the cash fund on their online wedding registry. Obviously, this was an unexpected cost leading up to their nuptials. In retirement, you know, we're probably going to face some unexpected costs as well. Can you run down what a couple of those might be and how you can help clients stay on track for those unprepared things? Well, you know, I love it that this couple in Texas put their speeding ticket on their wedding registry. I'm trying to think uh, last month in the month of October, uh, my wife and I, we celebrated our 23rd anniversary and I was going back in my mind thinking uh, 23 years ago, walking through, you know, Kohl's and Target and you used a little zapper on oh, yeah. all those things on your wedding wrist and you know, how fun it was to open up all those cool things. Uh, I don't know if you have any good eye things that were on your wedding registry, but, it, you know, things like the, the family things that you'd get, like the toasters and everything was mm-hmm. pretty neat. But it's kind of interesting that these people put uh, their speeding ticket on there. So when, you, when you're looking at this and you're looking at, uh, you know, how does this transfer into unexpected expenses that come up in retirement time, I think unexpected retirement costs that – people can prepare for, they should know about. So we'll oftentimes, we'll work with somebody and we'll develop a a financial plan for them. And, you know, in developing that financial plan, what we'll start with is the facts that we know, right? So the facts that we know is we know how much your living expenses are. We know how much you need for food and transportation and groceries. We know what it costs for you to live. Those are your expected expenses. And the mistake here that somebody could make is not planning for those unexpected expenses that come up along the way because they're going to come up along the way. And if you plan for them now, you're going to be so much better off. When we look at it, the things that I would think about would be number one is healthcare expenses. In healthcare related expenses, it can have a major impact on the success overall of a plan. Uh, so last week, uh, I had a meeting with somebody who uh, has been, you know, f- looking around, getting ready to get their retirement options ready. And in situation, when we looked at running the plan and we, we looked at his plan, if he had a portfolio that was optimized and he had, you know, a certain amount of money set aside in reliable income and then other money set aside in his fund money account, his odds of success of meeting his retirement goals were pretty high when we ran the plan. Yet when we went over and we looked at the healthcare-related expenses and we looked specifically at the fact of needing long-term care, 
you know, his probability of success of he needed long-term care almost went to zero, meaning that that type of thing would wipe him out. And so why that's important for him to know is that there's steps that he can take now in looking at things like uh, various annuities have riders that could be added onto the account that could provide you know some help if he needs help with his activities of daily living. Um, there's long-term care insurance that can be purchased to cover those type of expenses. There's life insurance that that has an accelerated benefit that allows you to take those benefits while you're alive if you have some type of critical or chronic illness. Uh, there's legal strategies to protect your assets, you know, as long as you follow the rules and plan ahead. But knowing what those unexpected expenses are allows us to make a much better educated decision of while there's not a crisis, you know, we will still have people that will come to our office and they'll say that, you know, unexpectedly their loved one ended up in a nursing home and now you know at ten thousand dollars a month it's not going to be very long until they go through their life savings even when we hear situations of the adult children talking about you know hey mom's in the nursing home and right now we're writing a check for ten thousand dollars a month even those unexpected expenses you know, can wipe people out in a hurry. But even those unexpected expenses, it's still not too late when you're talking healthcare uh, to do something about it. The next scenario that you want to take a look for, for the unexpected, I almost consider it expected today. And that is expect your individual tax rate to go up in the future. So Chris, I don't know if you saw it last weekend or not, but the Treasury Department released the most uh, up-to-date financial numbers when it came to uh, the spending on our national debt. Mm -hmm. America is now paying more in gross interest on its record $33 trillion in debt than on our national defense. That's right. So who owes this IOU? We do, it, unfortunately. It's, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's us. It's the taxpayer. You know, so when we look at it, we've got the massive out-of-control spending. You know, we had to spend a ton of money in, in, in the COVID area. In that window of time, we had to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But this current administration, they're spending the money like COVID is still going on today. It's put us in a serious, serious financial issue. So my belief is that tax rates could go up in the future. So folks, when you're looking at the plan, again, with our planning software, we can do the analysis and say, you know, how does that look if tax rates go up by 20% in your situation? So don't plan for the unexpected. Plan that that's an expected expense, that tax rates are going to go up. The next one is an emergency. Um, you know, if you look at emergencies, they're going to come up. And that emergency, it could be things like home repairs. It could be a family crisis. From my experience in working with people, if you have an emergency account that's somewhere between twenty five dollars and $50,000, or if you're younger and you're still working, you have roughly six months worth of living expenses. That's the amount of money that you want to have set aside for an emergency. Um, when we think about emergencies, we also think about some of the emergencies that um, – the adult children or grandchildren can get involved in. So over the years, I've seen the situation where, you know, somebody comes to mom or dad and they say, hey, you know, unfortunately, I lost my job. I'm about to lose my house and, you know, I'm financially in big trouble. Or that adult child is going to go through a divorce. They need to hire an attorney and they need to fight for custody of their kids. You know, they come to that parent with asking them to take a big 
withdrawal out, and, and oftentimes they call it a loan, but oftentimes the parent doesn't get paid back in that loan situation. So before those unexpected things come up, and before you take money out to help a child or a grandchild with their crisis, you need to really have a conversation with your financial advisor and look at the impact that that could have on the success of your overall plan. You know, loaning family members, in my opinion, is not a good idea. Think about it, and only for loved ones or family members, only gift them money if you financially can without that expectation that it's a loan and they're going to have to pay you back. The other thing that you want to take a look at is you want to look at the unexpected loss of a spouse. When you look at the unexpected loss of a spouse, the big impact here is uh, two things. One is that spouse is typically going to spend similar income after one spouse passes away. They've got their lifestyle adjusted. They're used to what they're normally used. That loss of income for that surviving spouse can be a big impact. But the second thing, go back to what I was saying earlier about taxes. And when you look at taxes, you know, the tax rates for Social Security taxation and the income tax brackets for an individual are higher as well. And so that surviving spouse that's left over could get put into a situation where they can end up with higher taxes. So folks, we're here to help you prepare for the unexpected. You know, we're here to help you kind of develop a plan to give you confidence about your retirement. So when the normal things in life happen, you know what the probability of success is. But when these unexpected things come up, You've already got a plan in place. So let's take the unexpected out of your retirement. And uh, the way you do that is sit down, have a conversation with us. We're happy to help. We don't necessarily know when these things are going to happen, but we know that they're going to. So having a plan that takes these on, as well as all the other unforeseen things, starts with having that conversation. 419-794-3030 is how you start that conversation, sitting down with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. 419-794-3030. You can also find them on the web arhq.com. One of America's top personal finance experts believes higher interest rates open a new opportunity. Susie Orman tells CNBC that she's starting to look at bonds more and more. Now I think the play may start to be in long-term treasuries. So I've started to dip my toe in every time the 30-year crosses 5%, I buy, right? Because when interest rates eventually do go down, I don't know when that will happen. 1% move down, it's a 20% capital gain in that bond. So I can play a bond even more now than a stock in a certain level, but I don't know when the top of this bond market is going to be, but I'll let it show it to me. Now, I know one of the classes that you guys teach at America's Retirement Headquarters, one of the conversations you guys have very often is threats and opportunities. Are you also looking at bonds right now as opportunities? And at what point do you say, okay, let's take cash off the sidelines and, and put it back in the stocks? Well, I, I think, you know, Susie Lerman has some good advice to listen to. Um, in fact, I was blessed to do an interview uh, with Susie Orman a couple of years ago when she came out with her new book. And she's got some good insights. So it's, I think, important to, to kind of listen to her on some of the things that she says. But it's okay at the same time to kind of disagree. In fact, I recently took a trip out to Yale and I was blessed to uh, sit in class for a little bit and also do some interviews with um you know, Professor Getzman, as well as Dr. Robert Roger Ibbotson. 
And if you look at the scenario, I mean, we're in a, a weird environment right now. So, you know, what Dr. Roger Ibbotson talks about is, are we in an environment, you know, like the 60s and 70s and 80s where you had rising interest rates for an extended period of time? So, you know, back then we had uh, an energy issue. We had poor monetary policy. Uh, we had, you know, government regulations. Kind of sounds a lot like today. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the current environment today, I don't know that necessarily bonds are worth the risk that's out there. So as we kind of roll into the last two months of 2023, if I go to the website Morningstar.com and I just look at the aggregate bond index, that's AGG, you know, year to date, that index has actually still lost uh, a little over 2%. And on top of that, the returns for the last 10 years on the aggregate bond index are, are pretty dismal. And then from there, you could take it a step further. I also like the the research that uh, comes out of BlackRock. And if you look at the BlackRock capital market assumptions, you know, BlackRock over the next five years, when you're looking at the bond fund category, whether it's the long-term bonds or high-yield bonds, you know, they have some expectations of anywhere from like zero um, to – uh, on average, maybe that five or six percent rate in what they project would be the annual asset return within the bond fund category. Now, obviously, in the bond funds, there's still uncertainty, but you know what's not uncertain right now? What's not uncertain is the fixed rates that are offered today. When you look at things like FDIC insured CDs, when you look at things like money market accounts, or when you look at things like fixed annuities. So, you know, for the shorter term investor that doesn't want to have interest rate risks that are out there right now, I prefer uh, some of the money market rates that are out there, highly liquid. You don't have interest rate risk associated with them. If interest rates keep going up, those rates keep going up and allow you to the flexibility to make changes without being in a situation where you're going to have to sell something at a loss. You know, for those investors that are looking anywhere from that uh, one year to three year time frame. Um, some of the FDIC insured CDs that are out there offer extremely attractive rates. And again, you don't have that interest rate risk that you have associated with bonds. And then if for those investors that want to lock in rates for five, seven, or 10 years, uh, for me, looking at the rate market today, fixed annuities, you know, offer some of the best opportunities to lock in rates, uh, where you can get these, uh, rates that you can lock in for a set period of time and again, not have them exposed to interest rate risk. So, you know, when you look at the opportunities in bond market, uh, my advice to listeners is, uh, could be part of the portfolio, but there could be other opportunities that maybe offer you, uh, less risk with more consistency in the portfolio. One way to find out is if you have bonds, uh, if you're in target date funds, if you own things like a variable annuity, Heck, if you just don't know what you own and you don't know the investment methodology, call our office because what we can do is we can do an independent portfolio analysis for you. Within that independent portfolio analysis, we can look for where there are those opportunities to to slice and dice, you know, take out interest rate risk like we're talking about in bonds. Maybe talk about where there's some other opportunities with the pullback that we've had in the market and get positioned for 2024. Uh, That independent portfolio analysis, again, is something that we can do for you as a listener to our show. Happy to help out. Just as a way of saying thank you for joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, being able to offer that to you, the independent portfolio analysis. You know, it was just last year 
where the, the luster of, of bonds, the 60-40 portfolio or the target date fund, really started to wear off. And and sure, they've become more appealing this year. But uh, as the saying goes, you know, if you see a shark in the water and the fin goes under, it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's safe to dive back in. Maybe not the best move for you. Figuring out where those opportunities lie is what having a conversation with America's retirement headquarters uh, really, where that really comes into play. 419-794-3030 is the phone number to start that conversation. You can also go to the website and find out more about the team at ARHQ.com. A new study graded retirement systems around the world, and it says the U.S. deserves no higher than a C+. The research says one of the biggest reasons is Social Security's looming solvency crisis, which is projected to hit as early as 2033, possibly triggering big cuts in benefits. With that in mind, uh, Nolan, how are you guys helping clients plan around this for the future so that their retirement you know, doesn't get hit with a failing grade? Well, it's pretty scary. I mean, this is a topic that's been around for a long time with the discussion of Social Security and the insolvency that they have. Um, And, you know, that date keeps getting closer and closer. So if we look at the website, usdebtclock.org, that's a good website to go and take a look at real time, you know, what some of the financial health of this country is. First of all, you look at our national debt, you know, $33 trillion, we blew through that. Uh, and a massive amount of time, the numbers are dramatically going up. The government is spending 124% of the federal debt to our GDP ratio. You know, we were a trillion dollars, almost $2 trillion in excess spending last year than what our country brought in. And then on top of that, you look at some of these unfunded liabilities. So we can talk about, you know, the Medicare unfunded liability is $40 trillion. But the Social Security unfunded liability, according to, again, usdebtclock.org, is currently $26 trillion. And in fact, if you look at one of the publications that comes out directly from the Social Security Administration, as they talk about how the fact in you know 10 years from now, they're expected to only be able to pay about 78% on the dollar for Social Security benefits. And what we've done is we've started to have this conversation with our clients. One of the ways that we can have the conversation with the client is we can take a look at in their retirement plan. What we do is we can stress test the plan and do an analysis that say, you know, what is the impact of Social Security? And if it does reduce its benefits, how would that impact the success of your plan? So we recently met with this uh, individual, Kimberly. She's single and She's a couple of years till retirement, but it's pretty close that she's finalizing her plans. And when we ran the analysis and what we looked at is if everything continued on, her probability of success was a little over 90%. So on the surface, I think Kimberly would probably feel pretty comfortable and confident about moving into retirement time. Mm-hmm. But then when what we did is we stress test the plan and we said, well, what, what if the government does what they say they're going to do. Now, I know they don't do what they say they're going to do, but <laughs> what if they do what they say they're going to do in writing, which is reduced her benefits by 20%. Her probability of success went down from 90% to 50%. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's like, okay, now retirement success is a coin toss. And the reason being is because social security, like for most retirees was a big portion of her overall retirement. It was one of the cornerstones. So she's kind of relying upon that guarantee that be there forever, but that's not what the government's saying. The nice thing about that is it allows us to start making some decisions today to plan for what if that does happen? So in terms of military, you know, when I served in the Marine Corps, we were always taught to have a plan B. And so in this case, it's a matter of developing that plan B and taking a look for that says, you know, if this scenario happens, what are the options and what are the strategies that are available to do that? So a couple of examples is you could, one, you could set aside a bucket of money And in this particular bucket of money, what you could do is you could utilize it as what I would refer to as a pay raise account. So in the event that the Social Security drops in the future, you could turn this pay raise bucket of money on and it could help fill the gap. There's also certain insurance products that are out there today that will offer higher income in the future by having like an income writer. Annuities are famous for having income writers. So you could take a chunk of money, you could set aside in like an annuity account, and you could figure out what that 20% gap needs to be and put enough money in there that is able to fund that gap if that happens. And in fact, one of the insurance companies that we work with here um, is the first company that I'm aware of in the industry that also offer some additional benefits as far as their riders addressing the specific fact that if Social Security is reduced in the future, they have a benefit on their contract that will help build the gap. When we break this down even further, you know, I've been uh, doing a lot of Social Security classes here and across the U.S. at other satellite locations, and I ask people in the, the question about that, and I ask them, you know, well, who's going to be impacted by this? And I think there could be a couple of different scenarios. So are you the target of a social security cut in the future? One, we could look at, you know, who's going to get cut. Well, uh, what you could say is that for younger people like myself, I mean, I'm 47, so I don't plan on getting social security for a long time. It's fair to say that I might have to work longer uh, or get less social security in the future because I have plenty of time to plan for that. Mm-hmm. But when we look at people that are close to or in retirement time and we start thinking about who could and most likely be impacted, uh, first of all, higher income earners. You know, so you'd have to develop what is the definition that the government determines wealthy. And there's a couple of ways and there's a couple of formulas that are already out there that determine what does the government consider wealthy. Uh, first of all, you could go back to COVID. And in COVID, those individuals that made more than $75,000 of household income uh, did not go at COVID stimulus checks. So, you know, the question is, is if your income is over that, will you fall under the definition of wealthy and not need to get uh, as much Social Security? You could be bigger impacted. Well, we can also look at Social Security itself And if you're an individual and you file a a joint return and you and your spouse have combined provisional income of more than $32,000, you could pay taxes on up to 85% of your benefits. 
You know, so if your income levels are over that, maybe you're more at risk than somebody who's just living on Social Security. You know, maybe they're a little less risk. How about asset test? You know, they could look at the amount of assets that they have and they could say, well, you know, you've saved and accumulated a million dollar nest egg. You have enough money. You don't need to do that. And you can afford to take less uh, in that scenario. So if you have large amount of assets, to me, it even further justifies you might want to take uh, and use some of your investment assets in the early years, thus delaying Social Security benefits to get a higher benefit. Because under an asset test, um, if you delay using those assets, it could be one of those areas uh, that, that comes at risk. So we can use kind of history as a guideline. In fact, um, if you want to know how much of your Social Security is at risk, uh, we have a very unique calculator, and we have a way to show you how it can be impacted. Uh, give our office a call, ask for the Social Security risk score, and we'll give you that report and get that put together for you. If they're saying 2033 is really the, the cutoff, we probably won't hear anything about it until 2032 or so. But you want to go and have a plan in place, and that is where sitting down and speaking with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters can be pivotal, if, if not critical, when it comes to to planning for the longevity of your retirement that Social Security Risk Score available to you. Just give a call, 419-794-3030. You can also go to the website, arhq.com. The financial website, MarketWatch, posted 15 questions that you should ask before you hire a financial advisor. Eight of them had something to do with how that advisor would be paid. Uh, Nolan, what advice do you give listeners when picking a retirement plan advisor for a financial advisor when it comes to their retirement? Yeah, you know, when you think about how do I choose a retirement plan advisor or how do I choose a financial advisor for retirement, um, I do think that this is areas that people should be asking these important questions. Um, when we look at it, um, what I would say, first of all, is ask for uh, references. And, you know, in today's society of uh, technology, um, it makes it kind of easy where you can go online and get a lot of this information. So like as an example, anybody who's considering working with our company, I would encourage you to go on Google, uh, type in America's Retirement Headquarters and read our Google reviews. You know, find out what people who have interacted and or worked with our company have said about us on Google. Uh, but take that a step further. If you're going to interview a financial professional and you're going to want to work with that professional, ask them to provide you five references. Now, again, I think these references probably should be current clients, maybe uh, longer term clients. They could be two professionals that they work with, like an, an accountant or an attorney. But call them and talk to them. And it's not so much about, I think, asking the question about performance because more about, you know, how responsive are they? Uh, how are they at proactively educating you and keeping you informed uh, to life's changes and the different things that are happening? Um, how responsive are they to your needs? How well do you understand what the plan is that they put together for you? Um, you can learn so much more by having that conversation. It's well worth it when you're considering this as a major financial decision. Next is you want to ask if they charge fees for their services. You know, nobody works for free, and if they're not charging fees, they're going to be making money from the sale of financial products. I mean, a good example like this is, you know, Scott, who's, uh, you know, extremely busy with dealing with helping people during the annual enrollment period with Medicare, is he does not charge a fee for his services. In fact, he gets paid from the insurance company. 
Uh, a lot of people choose to work with Scott on a one-on-one basis because they can sit down face-to-face with somebody who knows them and their family mm-hmm. versus calling an 800 number. And either direction the con- consumer goes, you know, there's a, not a fee for services that AMA offers under the Medicare. Where in my particular situation, we uh, oftentimes will have consulting services fees. So if we need to develop a financial plan for somebody, uh, there could be a cost associated with uh, the amount of time it's going to take to develop that financial plan. When we're looking at, you know, ways to help them better manage their money, give them advice and recommendations on their company-sponsored retirement plans, building out the independent income system, you know, looking at working with their accountant and and being proactive on tax planning, uh, looking at things like working with their estate planning attorney and figuring out how to get those two areas to line up together, uh, insurance reviews, and developing that binder of, of an overall approach. There are also going to be times where people work with us and they're asking us to make investment decisions with picking out investment portfolios. And you know, in those type of portfolios, we might get paid uh, a fee for the management of the portfolio. Uh, so again, nobody works for free, and I think it's important to make sure that you understand uh, how that individual charges for the services. If they don't charge for a fee for their services, you know, ask them how they're going to make sure that that advice is in their best interest. I mean, this has been a topic of conversation for the last couple of years, but you know, make them tell you and analyze the situation and what is the process that they go to to arrive at recommendations. You know. What you don't want to hear is that, you know, how your money and finances are, are treated kind of the same in every situation. I have been to other financial events in the industry where everybody gets a Swiss Army knife. And I can tell you for a fact, everybody's situation is unique and they need to have a detailed action plan that addresses your unique individual goals and concerns and give you choices and explains the pros and cons to each of those choices, then and only then are you going to be able to make an educated decision about what is the best choice for your situation. Number five is, you know, ask them if they can provide products as well as provide financial planning device. You know, and the investment professional says, yes, it's not necessarily a negative. However, you should recognize that this is a potential conflict of interest. Uh, most financial professionals like myself, we provide something called an ADV uh, brochure. Within that ADV brochure, it outlines what are the potential conflicts of interest that could arise in that relationship. So if you're going to work with a licensed investment professional advisor representative, you want to ask them for a copy of the ADV. Take a look at their conflicts of interest. Again, uh, I think the flip into that is a lot of people like the fact that, you know, we're a comprehensive one shop where we can take care of everything for people that are close to or in retirement time. We do the financial planning device. We can also help them implement the advice and help them uh, develop that plan. So, Again, there's pros and cons to it, but the conflict of interest, you need to make sure that you understand what those are. They're typically disclosed in somebody if they have an ADV, if they are a licensed investment advisor representative. If uh, the financial professional sells products, ask if those products can be prepared if no plan is put together. You know, buying financial products without a plan is like having surgery without an exam. I mean, we have, in my opinion, some rock solid investment choices when it comes to the portfolios we manage overall within the market. 
Um, but that doesn't mean that that portfolio is just right because somebody said, hey, go buy their investments because they've done really well for me. Call me crazy, but I'm sure you wouldn't want to have a doctor operate on you until you knew what was wrong. And a doctor to perform a, a surgery without an exam would be an idiot. The same would be true with a financial professional who wants to sell you some type of product without an analysis. The best thing that you can do is develop a plan, not make decisions immediately about buying a financial product. If they're going to charge you a fee up front, a consulting services fee, you know, ask them if that fee, uh, how much they have to pay up in front. I would tell you generally you want to pay no more than 50% of the fee up front. You know, oftentimes retainers are required, but you know, most professionals are not going to require you to pay 100% of that fee up front. You want to ask about the financial professional's background. Ask, you know, uh, how long they've been in business. What does their typical client look like? Um, you know, I know when I started in this business 29 years ago, the amount of knowledge that I had versus today is dramatically different. I know that my area of expertise is helping people transition at retirement time. So when I have questions that come up about paying for college, I know that's an area that's maybe out of my league. I pick up the phone and I call one of my other advisor friends like Jeff and get advice on late stage college planning. But knowing that background is important because Again, retirement is a point in your life that you only get one shot at getting it right. And you want to work with somebody, in my opinion, that kind of specializes in that area. The next thing you want to do is talk about what is the analysis process that they go through uh, and what happens if uh, the output is not to your expectation. You know, we typically are going to have that first meeting where we're talking about people's goals, objectives. You know, what do they want to accomplish in the next year? Somebody could look at those series of recommendations and they could say, you know what, Nolan, I appreciate that. That's not what I, I thought I needed. Or sometimes we tell them, look, what you're doing today is good. We close the file. They don't owe us anything. You want to find out how they keep up with, with constantly changing the financial environment that's out there. You know, where do they get their research from? Do they attend industry events? Do they go to workshops? Do they go to classes? Learn about the team members. What are the areas of the expertise that the team members bring to the table? You know, is it a one person, one advisor shop and they have an, a, an assistant? And so the one person is in charge of running the business as well as picking investments as well as managing your portfolio? Or do they have a team process in place, and that team approach can help you kind of develop a process to make sure each person is looking out for these. So then you want to ask the financial professional how many clients they have and how many new clients that they plan on taking on. You know, it's almost impossible to handle thousands of clients with a high level of professional service. So you want to find that out. Uh, and then that final question is to ask them what professionals they bring in on outside cases. You know, do they work with uh, other attorneys, accountants? How do they, you know, get other professional guidance together to make it all happen? So a lot goes into it when you're taking a look at uh, how do I choose a retirement plan advisor? And hopefully those are a couple of great tips that help you out. All very valid questions to to ask and, and find the answers to, of course, and the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Happy to sit down with you and explain their process more in detail. Just take that first step. Give a call, 419-794-3030. Or you can go to the website, and like I said earlier, find out more about the team right there on the website, arhq.com. want to thank you, as we always do, for joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, the home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Hope you have a great week ahead of you. Uh, everybody, be safe out there. 
Nolan, always grateful for the time. And as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, great to be here. Again, every week when you think retirement, think America's Retirement Radio. It's reach out to us and let's help you get prepared for the future. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.